Today's Callahan Show is sponsored by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and use code word Jerry for huge discounts. For example, you can get the standard MyPillow, which is normally $69.98 for only $19.98 with code word Jerry. I'd call that a huge discount. MyPillow is made in the USA and it comes with a 10-year warranty. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you will ever sleep on. Makes an excellent gift. Get it now. And you can support this show and you can strike back against canceled culture. As you know, like us, Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the canceled culture mob. By purchasing from MyPillow, not only are you helping this show, you're fighting back against canceled culture. MyPillow isn't in the big box stores anymore, so you can get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using code word Jerry. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. The Oscar nominations are in, and I can say without question that two of the worst movies ever made, two of the worst, in fact, the two worst movies I've ever seen are nominated for Best Picture. We can give you that list. Joe Rogan was offered $100 million for four years by Rumble, which sounds good until you realize Pat McAfee makes more than that. There's no place for racism in the NFL. We've heard that. We've heard it time and again. Uh, and by the way, enjoy Snoop Dogg uh, this Sunday at the uh, Super Bowl halftime show. J.A. Adande on ESPN says uh, we can't criticize China because, you know, we have voter ID laws and, you know, they're, they're as bad as genocide. The Biden administration, in the name of equity, is giving uh, crack pipes to uh, crack addicts of color. And Brian Flores, Brian Flores, uh, uh, he's not happy that Lovey Smith got the job in Houston because he's all for the hiring of black head coaches as long as one of them is named Brian Flores. And Democrats, the polls are in, uh, the, the polls are in, and they found out that people don't like wearing masks. So they're rescinding mask mandates everywhere, just not here, just not in Boston. We're going to be the last holdouts in the country. We'll get into that and a lot more. On today's Callahan Show, brought to you by DCU. Whether you're buying your first home, your dream home, or looking to refinance the home you love, DCU may have the mortgage program to fit your needs, and more importantly, your budget. Their mortgage experts will walk you through the application process and help remove the hurdles that can make it so difficult and confusing. They'll bring you right up to the front steps of home ownership. Learn more about rates and programs or to apply today at dcu.org mortgage. DCU is an equal housing lender, NMLS number 466914, insured by NCUA, membership required. All right, this just broke just as we were about to start recording here, Carano. And uh, you're a movie guy. You yeah. do your big movie podcast. And I have to say, this is the, uh, I, the, the Oscars long ago jumped the shark. But this, to me, is the year it's just become a joke because, A, it's everything is so splintered now that people are, you know, on Netflix and Hulu and, and they're, they're not going to the theater. So most people have not seen most movies sure. nominated, but I saw this and I'm telling you, I can speak with authority on this one. I saw power of the dog, which is non <laughs> nominated. I can't even say it without laughing for 12. Who's nominated for 12 Oscars. Was it really? I see the best picture it's, nomination. 12. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not bad. It is absolutely awful. It is one of the worst movies ever made. It is one of these movies that is trying to be so artsy. They just forget that you're supposed to entertain the audience. It is so unbelievably, un indescribably awful. I, I lasted about an hour. I can't say I lasted through the whole movie because I just, I felt like I was being insulted. And then two weeks later, my first trip into a theater in two years with my wife and daughter who, you know, I would say dragged me, but you know, it was gunpoint. Yeah. Just kind of nudged me along with them into the theater for a uh, licorice pizza. Just as bad. One of the five worst movies ever did, made. These are your, two awful, your, dreadful, terrible, rotten, just horrible movies. Did your family and like uh, licorice pizza though? 
My daughter did, but uh, I mean, didn't. I think that's one that I would like. I'm gonna have to see that one. I, you are definitely gonna have to see it. Uh, I assume you're one of those types of snobby moviegoers who wants people to think that you can see the, the, you know, the textures and the layers and the nuance and the cinematography is very important to you. And the, and the, uh, it is. And the key, and the key grip is, and the best boy is well, very Paul, important it's to Paul you. Paul Thomas Anderson. I mean, this is Boogie oh, yeah, Nights. It can't this be bad. It's, Magnolia, so, it's another one is... of those movies, Licorice Pizza. Uh, it's very different, obviously than Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog's a Western and it is the slowest, most tedious, awful movie. Awful, awful, awful movie. It'll win the best picture. Cause I don't know how this works, but it has all the momentum and all the people talking about it. I just, I was flipping channels this morning and on CNN, they had some couple of movie critics and they're saying how great it is and how moving and how Cumberbatch, Ben Benedict Cumberbatch and, and Kirsten Dunst were just amazing. They suck. Everything about it sucks <laughs> okay. so bad. I think I'm encouraging people to see it because I'm making it seem like it couldn't be worse and it couldn't be worse. But Licorice Pizza is not, it's a, see, I thought I would kind of like it because it's set in 1973. Yeah. And it's got cars and clothes and music. The music's good. Uh, but it's it's like a love story between two ugly people. The, the two kids, the woman, the guy, they're young. The guy's very young. She's like 25. He's like 16. Um, but it's similar in that it is trying to be so artsy that it forgets to entertain you. It is pointless. It is meandering. They go from one thing to the next. There's no... There's no uh, like rhythm to it. It's just awful, awful. Did awful. you like Boogie Nights though? Because people are comparing it to to oh, his early work. Boogie Nights is a story that has. Uh, yes, I like Boogie Nights. Boogie okay. Nights is funny. Boogie Nights has great performances uh, in it, and it's got a story. I mean, it's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. There is nothing like that. There's just no comparison. Okay. Uh, Licorice Pizza again is whoever this this douche is you're talking about. The director, Paul Thomas Anderson, be, Punch Drunk Love, right, There Will Be Blood, yeah, Magnolia. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's awful. He's an awful he's director. A, he's a great awful. director. He's the worst. No, he's Phantom the Thread. worst director. Did you see well, Phantom no, Thread? The Power with, uh, of the Dog director's worst. Did you see Phantom Thread uh, with Daniel Day Lewis, uh, 2017? I, I Loved it. I don't it. know what that is. No, oh, God. Okay. I we, don't ever want to see. What's his name again? Tell me the director's name. Uh, again. Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, him, the guy with the middle name. I never want to see another movie by him because I was excited to go back to the movies. We had our popcorn and our sodas, and I sat there, and again, I had to walk out. It was so awful. I'm unbelievably awful. And I've seen uh, some good movies, you know, this year, mostly, you know, like Netflix, of course, but uh, nothing. I mean, nothing as bad as Power of the Dog. I would say the uh, Licorice Piece is close. So they'll both win. They'll both win a bunch of Oscars. And it will be further proof that this is just, these people are so out of touch. They don't Don't you don't think Don't really Look Up's going to win, though? That, that was such a movie. I, I couldn't handle that one. That was, I was an hour into that, and I was like, I got to eject. Like, this is the this Did, is did that get nominated? Yeah, yeah. Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Nightmare Alley, I just saw last weekend, and I thought, B+, plus, good movie. Dune, I thought, was okay. I'm a sci-fi fan, and I was like, this is kind of boring. Uh, beautifully shot. I mean, it's Phil Nueva. He does a great job with this stuff, but I didn't love it. None of these I thought, the, none of them that I've seen I thought were like A movies. Uh, did The Tender Bar get nominated with it, a Ben Affleck? It didn't. I heard uh, he I mean, was good, but I that thought that was sucked. pretty good. Again, a period piece from my childhood with yeah. the music and the yeah. cars and the dress from my childhood. Much better. I mean, it actually had a story, unlike Licorice Pizza, which is trying to be so artsy that you just it just loses you. But... You know, good luck to everybody. It's good it's luck. One of those things I will predict the the uh, ratings will be much like the Olympics. They'll be down, you know, sixty three percent from last year, down a hundred percent from uh, twenty years ago, thirty years ago when people actually watched. I don't think anybody has any interest in the Oscars anymore, and these people deserve it. Anyone who's going to tell you that Power of the Dog was good. Are you looking at comments now from people who thought Power of the Dog was good? <laughs> no, because but no, I, I, I think, was looking for the other nominations. If, if you didn't have this nomination or these critics saying how wonderful it is and giving it five stars, people would all agree with me. They would agree. It's so bad. It's so slow. It's so boring. It's so awful. But lots of people say, ooh, it got nominated. It must be good. And, and kind of like you, they want to be movie snobs and they'll say, oh, but the, the cinematography, it's in. Well, it's that matters. In, I mean, it's Road in, to Perdition. Well, yeah, you know what? This is a good example of a movie that 
everyone will agree that this beautiful scenery. Yeah. It's in New Zealand, I believe, but they pretend it's uh, Montana. Right. Um, in whatever, the 1800s. So there's, you know, mountains and sunsets and trees and all that, which is great. You know, if you want a little travel log from, from Montana, it looks like a pretty cool place to, you know, take a walk, take a hike. But there's no, there's no story. There's no, there's, there's, there's no perform. It's just, there's just no entertainment value at all. Yeah. I used to think Moonlight was the worst movie. I haven't could, seen it. One, Moon, Moonlight's so terrible, yeah. but it's, it's about a black gay guy. So it's very, uh, uh, woke. And that's probably the beginning of the, the, you know, the, the, the woke effort in uh, Hollywood was, well, not the beginning, but the, maybe the peak when you had a movie about a black gay guy. So you knew that was going to win. I'm not sure why a movie about, uh, you know, Montana in 1880 is supposed to win or is going to win. I don't really understand what makes people lie and say it's entertaining when it's awful, but good luck to it. We will, uh, we will not be watching, I'm sure. And, uh, I don't care about the Oscars, but I will see. I need to see that if you, if with that, with you trashing the power of the dog so so heavily, I'm gonna have to see it now. I need yes, now, you now should see it. Well, now I'm curious. Yeah, I gotta see it. But uh, why you think I'm giving it? Um, you think I'm gonna uh, convince people to uh, go go? See, I think I should. You should go see it. Don't spend your money on it. God. Oh, it's on Netflix now. I think so. I'll grab it. It's on Netflix. Just put it on. Give it an hour if you can. And you tell me there's any point to it. It's so awful. But anyway, that's uh, our Oscar minute. I want to get to more breaking news. The uh, mask. And I hope people can harness their anger, hold on to their anger. And I hope people understand what's going on right now. I, I was just tweeting about it this morning, just reading about it. We've talked about... God knows we've talked about mask mandates and forcing children to wear masks. We've talked about it daily for, uh, you know, a year and a half, two years Yeah, on this show. It's so infuriating. And I hope people recognize just how infuriating, just how, how soulless and how sinister the people in charge are, the people who are forcing children to wear masks. They're now rescinding mask mandates everywhere. And it's pretty clear that, there are polls, internal polls, that Democrats and their consultants are looking at saying, wow, this is not uh, a very popular uh, position. Not a, not a winning strategy. Not, not a winning strategy. And like, uh, it's, it's going like, like wildfire across the country. Yesterday we talked about uh, New York, New York City, New Jersey, Delaware, Connecticut. Um, uh, dropping the their statewide mask mandates, watching hardcore left-wing radicals like Phil Murphy in New Jersey, Ned Lamont in Connecticut. These are people that are, are just crazy authoritarian leftists dropping the mask mandates and saying, no, we'll take a look at it, but right? And, and they're saying, no more masks, no more masks in school, no more masks for children. Last night in Worcester, the Board of Health rescinded their mask mandate, their citywide mask mandate. So it's happening everywhere, except Boston, of course, because yes. we are going to be last. We're going to be that that soldier on the island, you know, in 1960, you know, thinking the war is still going on. We have a completely overmatched uh, mayor who just does is just not ready for this job. It's typical. She's, you know, Harvard you know, a uh, 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 carpetbagger from Chicago came here, went to Harvard, learned under Liz Warren, all the idiot moon bats with their palms out voted for. She's the mayor. She's she instituted the vax mandate. We've already gone over that. Nice. Nobody really enforces it. It's a joke. Just show them a picture of your dog and you can go to the restaurant. The mask mandate's a little different though, because kids are still being abused. She's a big proponent of child abuse. Like all these leftist, blue uh, city mayors she wants you she insists you continue to abuse your child to to uh retard their progress in school she's uh supporting speech development issues with children that's a big she wants to hurt kids development in terms of speech she wants them to be depressed she's all for you know kids struggling with mental health issues because that's what masks do that's all they do it's all theater 
It's all to make adults feel good. They abuse children to make paranoid, neurotic, narcissistic adults feel better. That is the point of masks. It's not, it's not good uh, going over well with parents. Parents are uh, very frustrated, very angry, and even some crazy blue state Democrats are saying, the hell with these people. We can't support them. They are supporting the abuse of our children. So they're dropping the mask mandates in all these uh, blue states and blue cities. Yeah, and, why, and, and, and why is it that we're dropping it only in all these blue states and cities again? Oh, because the red states didn't do this in the first place. So you also have it, Oregon. You also have California, too, who are, who are uh, doing the same thing. And they're lying about it. Our favorite, Leanna Wynn, Leanna Wynn the, the, the authoritarian doctor on CNN, that creep. She seems like an evil, uh, like a villain, a Bond villain. She says, oh, yeah, we should drop the mask mandate because the science has changed. That is a lie. She is lying. Anybody else who tells you that is lying. The science isn't changing. No. The science never supported masking no. children. Children were masks because because uh, like tyrants like Stacey Abrams doesn't care about children. People have finally figured this out. It amazes me it took them that long. I, you know, I don't want to I don't want to boast here. But I've been saying this for almost two years. Children aren't in jeopardy. They're not in any danger. They're not going to get sick. And if they do, they won't even know it. It's much more important to, to, to not mask them and let them live a normal, healthy childhood. I will refer to this number um, for the rest of my life. I'm sorry. But this is the kind of thing these hardcore Democrats don't care about. Um, last year, the year 2000, uh, it was 2020, but it's gotten worse. 2020, there was a 51% increase of girls being treated at the emergency room for suicide attempts or self-harm. A 51% increase, uh, 50.6 to be exact. Only 3.7 in men, but girls, the, 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 the masks are the number one reason you can't see anyone's face. You can't learn. You can't breathe. It is child abuse. And somehow we allowed our public officials, our elected leaders, to force little kids. I mean, and we know there's no science behind it because if there were, they would actually do it themselves. Stacey Abrams and Gavin, Gavin Newsom and Michelle Wu would actually do it themselves. But they don't because they know there's no science except for political science. They don't care. It's, it's totally amazing. Um, yeah, the number overall among young people, I think it's 12 to 18, get the age, um, increase in hospital visits for psychiatric-related issues was up 31%. Um, suspected suicide attempts in girls, 50.6%. Um, the implicate this report from the CDC indicates uh physical uh, the implications of the lockdown such as quote physical distancing barriers to mental health treatment increases in substance abuse and anxiety among family health all affected children contributing to a widespread increase in suicidal thoughts it is i mean they've been telling is, kids that they're going to die for for 2 <laughs> years straight and locking them down totalitarian state they can't go to skate parks or go play in, uh, in 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 other parks and on um, you know basketball courts all shut down. Not going to school, not socializing with their friends. Everything they do is through a computer and a, and a computer screen, and they're locked in their house. How do you think they're going to feel? What do you this think is, is the worst happen? dereliction of duty as a parent, as a grown up? You're supposed to be looking out for them, caring yeah. for them. Like you're supposed to be the selfless one who says. What's best for my kids? That's the that's the natural instinct of a parent. We flipped that on its head over the last two years, and we've decided who cares about the kids, what makes me feel better, what makes Stacey Abrams or Michelle Wu or Gavin Newsom or any of these frauds, what makes them feel good or what makes them look good to their to to their voters, their the the people in their states or cities. That's not how it's supposed to work. Your first priority is supposed to be protecting the children. 
And what you've done to these children for two years is unforgivable. The history will look back on people like you, like Charlie Baker in Massachusetts, that coward, and Ned Lamont and Phil Murphy and Andrew Cuomo and Gavin Newsom and all of these tyrants. History will look back at you people and say, what is wrong with you selfish, scummy, slimy people that you didn't look out for the children? That should be your first priority. That is your job. Look out for the kids. What did they do? I, I will look at this every day and it drives me crazy. I'm on Twitter, and some of the people I follow are, uh, you know, sports writers, and they'll tweet out video or pictures from a high school basketball game, girls, boys, whatever, playing basketball, 16-year-olds with masks. Like, that friggin' load, Stacey Abrams, doesn't have to wear a mask around little children. None of these people do. None. And yet they make 16-year-olds running up and down the court wear masks for theater. No health reasons, no science. Nothing just to make them feel better. These neurotic, these neurotic narcissists. It's sickening. And finally, whatever, two years into this, they're saying, you know, maybe we should let our children breathe. It's just madness. How did we get to this point? I don't know. Most reasonable people. I was, I was hanging out with a buddy of mine. We went out for uh, coffee on Sunday. And, uh, and we were talking about it. It was like at the beginning of the, he felt the same way as I did. At the beginning of the pandemic, we were freaked out. We didn't know what was going to happen. We saw an exponential spike in cases across the United States. And he's like, and he has kids. And he's like, at the beginning, for the first like couple months, we kept the kids, oh, you know, inside for a lot of it. But then we started to see what the risks actually were that that came pretty, pretty, pretty quickly. That kids weren't getting hurt from this, and so we let them outside to play with their kids in the neighborhood. <laughs> two months in, you know. It shouldn't take two and a half years. Like, yes, protect. If you think that there's a problem, protect the kids at first. Yes, you, you should be risk adverse it, for it kids. It didn't take two first, and a half years. But it right. shouldn't have taken two and a half years. It should have taken two months or six weeks or whatever to figure out, oh, this doesn't really hurt kids and let them go outside and play and be and, normal. And what at what point do we all agree that our leaders, the people that Democrats vote for are, are awful, horrible people. They really are terrible people. You are a terrible person, Gavin Newsom, Stacey Abrams. Gretchen Whitmer, Charlie Baker, you just, you prioritized your own popularity. Uh, you were trying to get, you know, good publicity. If you're Baker from the Boston Globe or if you're Renewsome from the LA Times, at the expense of the mental health of children and parents who went along with this, you're a disgrace. You're disgusting. You're terrible, terrible parents. I, I say this about anybody who's getting like their three-year-old vaccinated, you're a terrible person. You know there's no science behind that. You just want to brag to your neighbors that, oh, my kids are vaccinated, even though they don't need it. Here's what parents have done. Really, some parents, not all, some parents, not, not me, but some parents in the last two years have told their children, some young, you know, five-year-olds, 10, 15, whatever, that there's a scary little virus out there. It is going to sneak into their nasal passages, into their lungs, and kill them. Think of that. We're supposed to tell kids that there is no monster under the bed. There is no boogeyman in the closet. Kids have that that nightmare. They have that scary thought, and we're supposed to put their mind at ease and say, no, you're fine. There's no monster. Look under the bed. We, again, flipped it on its head for two years and said, yes, there's a scary monster under the bed. Actually, he's outside. He's lurking when you go outside. If you don't have your mask on, the scary monster will sneak into your nose, get in your lungs, and kill you. That is a dis- If that were true, if kids were indeed vulnerable and they were dying, it would still be despicable to tell your kid that, to scare him like that. I mean, you could, you, you could, you could put his mind at ease, tell him to take precautions, whatever, but you don't tell him, if you go outside, you're probably going to die. We did that so adults would feel better. We wanted kids to wrap their faces in cloth and live in fear so neurotic adults would feel better. That is so shameful. That is shameful. And we're going to look back on this for the rest of my life and say, what the hell were these parents thinking? They're, and and this, this, while it is the right move and I applaud it, think of this, how cynical this is. Democrats are looking at internal polling. That's exactly what they're doing. Internal polling. So these kids who have, you know, their speech patterns are delayed, who are struggling, you know, are depressed, 
who are not seeing other kids smile, who can't see their teacher's face, who can't socialize, you know, who have to play basketball with masks and they can't breathe. That was because of an internal polling. They never had to do it, but they looked at polls and said, you know, people like masks at the beginning of the pandemic and now they don't. So the, our kids' mental health was at the mercy of internal polls. If that doesn't make you cynical about politics, about Democrats, then nothing else could possibly. It should. It all, is, they, all they care about is, is either assuming or getting more power or staying in power. That's all they care about. That's, that's, what poli- that's their job. That's what politicians' job is, is to be in power. And so, of course, they're looking at the polls and seeing what's popular. What's going to get me elected? And it looks like now mask mandates will not get right. them elected. No, there's nobody in favor of masks. Everyone knows it's just theater. Everyone knows it's just pretend. But they're looking at polls saying, you know, that second grader who can't learn his, you know, ABCs, who can't learn uh, to communicate with his teacher, you know, maybe I'll let him take the cloth muzzle off now. That second grader's mental health, that second grader's speech development was at the mercy of an internal poll of a of a of a soulless bureaucrat it's just disgusting and i hope people uh keep that anger keep that rage when in november or the next time these awful horrible people are uh, on the ballot that's what it takes they must remain angry and vigilant because it's disgusting it's truly disgusting all right we got more to get to you know what i should do now what i should do this biden administration uh plan because it's hilarious when i was a kid when I became a you know a right wing zealot, I admit I was young. I I I, the, I think the thing that upset me the most is I would see these stories about waste, government waste. Like it used to be, Ron Paul would put it out. I think Rand Paul does now. Every year they put out these things where they, the government spends fifty million dollars to study the uh, you know the the, the the sexual patterns of sea slugs. There's or like something. a bridges to nowhere as well. Too, yeah, bri- oh, that's I'm a good one. The bridge to nowhere in uh, Alaska. Was Alaska, yeah. Alaska, they bridged to nowhere. It was just to bring home the bacon. And these, these again, these politicians are soulless, awful people, and they just wanted to waste taxpayer money. And it would drive me nuts. And I think, who could support that? I mean, who would support a politician that would want to waste that kind of money? It's another reason that someday we're going to all agree that Dr. Fauci is just a terrible man who has taken billions and squandered it on his little projects, torturing beagles and monkeys and, and developing... Uh, deadly viruses but this even by the administration even by the biden regime standards is so incredible you want to know what equity is equity according in real terms in real life terms we hear a lot about equity well here's equity according to the biden administration they are um i'll I'll just read you the story from the blaze the biden administration will soon fund the distribution of crack pipes to drug addicts in underserved communities for the purpose of, quote, advancing racial equity, according to the Washington Free Beacon. The baffling measure is included in the Department of Health and Human Services fiscal year 2022 harm reduction program grant program. In the document, the crack pipe plan is described as the dispersion of federal government funds for the, quote, smoke for smoking kits and supplies. They're giving crack pipes to crack addicts of color. There's a point system for that, too, by the way. Not just for getting the vaccine, but there's a point system. So if you're white, (laughs) you don't get a one point there. So it's it's only minorities that get these crack pipes. So crazy. The kits will provide safer pipes for drug addicts to use when they smoke crack cocaine, crystal meth, or any illicit substance. Those spokesmen explained that the supplied pipes will reduce the user's chances of becoming infected. Glass pipes often used by addicts can sometimes lead to infection through cuts and sores. Isn't that a lovely thought? This is amazing. And they're going to do it in underserved communities, including where there are large African-American and LGBTQ plus populations. Um, which were established under President Joe Biden's executive order on, quote, advancing racial equity and support for underserved communities. So this is equity, people. You will get free crack pipes 
in if you're uh, a racial minority or an LB, why is LBGTQ? Why do they? Why do they? Why do they need free crack pipes? It's just madness, and it'll get no attention. I mean, they'll mention it probably on Fox News or, you know, on some talk radio, right wing talk radio. But how is this not mocked and ridiculed by every? American, everyone who's paying attention, giving crack the, pipes the, to black crack addicts for a, racial equity. The, the, the phrasing is crazy. Like the giving it to people who have been historically underserved, marginalized, and adversely affected by poverty and inequality over crack pipes. Like I, I don't, I don't get what they're trying to say. It's like if I were, I, I don't know. I, I, it sounds like they're trying to keep people addicted so that they're. You know, right. so they're they they need the handouts from the government. That's what it sounds like. This is well, they have these needle exchanges where you go in and right. you shoot up. But I could see. Well, I shouldn't say I could see. That's insane. Anyway, encouraging more drug use. It's just crazy. I, it's but this is crack pipes because you might what cut yourself and have a sore while you're smoking crack. <laughs> oh man, it, that's equity for you. That's when you hear politicians talking about equity. Give that some. Uh, <laughs> think about that for a moment. They're giving pipes to marginalized crack addicts. That, how does that help anybody? Just insane. But anyway, we got a lot more to get to. We're gonna get to Rogan. Rogan, the big offer from Rumble. I'm still sticking to my prediction, by the way, Carano. Some people are uh, disagreeing with me and getting ready to mock me. I still think he is done. Sooner or later, he's done at Spotify because of this. Because. Uh, and the CEO clearly showed his true colors with the statement to the employees, 6,550 employees of Spotify who were hurt, who were in pain because of past uh, uh, words, because of a word that, um, that Joe Rogan used. That guy, that Daniel Eck or David Eck, what his name is, that Eck, CEO, yeah. there's no way he stands by Rogan throughout this. And I think... The organized strategy, the one that tried to bring Rogan down for COVID disinformation, and that kind of came up short. So they came up with this montage of the N word. They're not through. I mean, this, these are all, these are evil people. There's you know there, there's a person, and I tweeted at I can't even tell if it's a guy or a girl. It's a it's a person named Alex uh, on Twitter, and she or he says her job is monitoring everything. Um, Rogan says, and he put out a, a, a compilation or a long Twitter thread about the things he said that were offensive. And you know what they are for the most part? What are they? They're things a comedian says, just dumb jokes, wise ass jokes and stupid jokes. You know, he's a comedian and, uh, they're things where he mocks, uh, you know, talks about, you know, Angelina Jolie, uh, I don't want to say it, being crazy. And uh, used, of course, the term tranny, which is no longer acceptable. I'm not sure when he said it. Um, had a guest who imitated an Asian person. Just stupid banter. Uh, uh, talked about uh, another tranny comment. And then um, asked about, uh, can't even repeat some of this, because it's just, I mean, it's tasteless, but it's just stupid stuff imagine comedians say. Imagine the type of life you'd have to live when your 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 entire universe is watching one person and going through all their content to narc on them. Like, what kind of life is that? Yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> it's it's an empty life. The person's name is Alex Patterson, LB LGBTQ researcher and Joe Rogan watchdog for Media Matters. There you go. I'm sorry, he him are his pronouns, and there's a picture, and he's got uh. What, what do they call it? A big. Uh, I don't know. I'm not looking at it. A uh, big feathery boa. A big feathery oh. boa wrapped around his head. It's pink. That's Alex. Uh, and his job is to listen to Rogan every day and try to catch him saying things that are so offensive that he could get canceled. That's his job. That person is lower than a hemorrhoid on Jerry Natalie's I mean, go ass. create some art. Like, go raise a family. Go, like, go take a hike in the woods. Like, do something productive. <laughs> Bring some joy into the world. <laughs> like, no, but the joy for this person would be when Spotify dumps him. But uh, you think that's going to happen? You know, that'll be symbolic because he'll get more money elsewhere. We can give you the details. Uh, I will give you the details on the offer 
from uh, Rumble. It's interesting. I want to get Carano's take on this because sure. it's kind of a it's kind of the new wave. The new wave. This guy, uh, the 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 way these some of these people are getting paid. We're gonna get to that uh, J A Adandi Adande thing and Brian Flores, who's a black coach, was hired yesterday, but he's not happy because it wasn't him. That's <laughs> that's. Basically, tells you all you need to know about Brian Flores. But first, let me tell you about Siempre. Siempre tequila. That's Carano's new favorite. Of course, that's because they sent us some Siempre, and he took it, and he's enjoying it. But that's good. That's good. You you should. You deserve it. Take your uh, Siempre on the rocks. Have, you know, have one for me. Enjoy it. I'm going to get some, too. I'm looking forward to it. This, this is a uh, company that was founded by a couple of normal, regular people, Alex and Monica, they took their life savings and they invested it in making tequila, good tequila. Uh, they figured if it was their favorite, they made their favorite, the world might agree. The world might like it too. Besides, it had to be good because they knew that they'd be drinking lots of it. I like these people. After a few awards and a ton of hard work, Siempre has grown into over 20 markets around the world. If you're looking for, uh, looking for it, you can catch it. Uh, on the road, <clears throat> traveling, it's everywhere. Siempre is available to help spread the word and tell their story. Uh, it's, it's won a bunch of awards. It's made in a small town in Mexico. Guess what the town is called? Tequila. Tequila, Mexico. Uh, the, well, the label on the bottle was uh, written by Alex, one of the founders. He did the label himself. Siempre, the word, it means always. The roses on the label symbolize beauty in both life and death, good and bad. 100% Blue Weber Agave from the highlands and lowlands of Jalasco, Mexico. It's made using volcanic spring water. Uh, the, the famous people, they might drink it, but they don't, they don't have those spokesmen. The celebrity owner, they don't have celebrity sp spokesmen. They want you. Siempre wants you to be your own celebrity. Ask for Siempre Tequila at your local wine and spirits store or find it online at Shop. Dot Siempre, S-I-E-M-P-R-E, -E, tequila. Shop SiempreTequila.com. Check it out. Siempre on the rocks. Carano recommends it. All right. Do you ever uh, have trouble trouble hearing the TV, asking people to turn up? Or maybe someone you live with, someone you love, someone you visit, maybe a loved one has trouble hearing. Maybe you're having dinner and they, ah, what, what, what? And they keep saying, uh, they keep struggling to hear you over the, the TV or over the noise. <clears throat> well, we got a solution for you. MDHearingAid.com. I've been telling you about MDHearingAid.com. There's a reason for that because it makes all the sense in the world when you compare it to other hearing aids. You know, nine out of 10 people still buy hearing aids from clinics and pay $5,000 or more, even though a much more affordable option exists. That's why you got to check out MD Hearing Aid. MD Hearing Aid is an FDA-registered rechargeable hearing aid it costs a fraction of what typical hearing aids cost. MD Hearing Aids Volt Plus is over 80% less than clinic hearing aids. Hearing aids require clinic-level care for the best results. Clinic-level care comes from licensed hearing professionals. MD Hearing Aid brings clinic-level care right to you via telemedicine from doctors and licensed professionals. MD Hearing Aid was founded by ENT surgeon who saw how many of his patients needed hearing aids but couldn't afford them. He made it his mission to develop a quality hearing aid that anyone could afford. If you forget to take these out when you go in the shower, no big deal. The Volt Plus is water resistant, plus it's rechargeable with battery life that lasts up to 30 hours. So how do you make hearing aids for a fraction of the cost? Well, since about 95% of the people who need hearing aids only require a few settings, MD hearing aids simplified the need for certain components not needed by most people. Plus they cut out the price hiking middleman. MD Hearing Aid has brought affordable hearing to over 600,000 satisfied customers. Plus, they offer a 40-day risk-free trial with a 100% money-back guarantee so you can buy with confidence. So get clinic-level care for 80% less with MD Hearing Aid. Go to mdhearingaid.com and use promo code JERRY, G-E-R-R-Y, to get there. Buy one, get one at 29 at $299.99 each when you buy a pair. Plus, they're adding a free extra charging case, a $100 value, uh, just for listeners of The Callahan Show. So head to mdhearingaid.com and use our promo code JERRY and get the uh, buy one, get 
one for $299.99 each when you buy a pair deal. All right, Joe Rogan yesterday, big news. Uh, he hasn't been canceled yet by Spotify. He will be. But Rumble steps up, offers him $100 million for four years, says we'll post all your shows, we'll cancel none of them, we'll delete none of them. Old shows, new shows, you could do what you want. Very interesting offer. Lots of people think it's not real. It's just for show, for publicity. I don't care. There's lots of places he could go with his show, and he could tell Spotify to suck it. He looked weak in his two apologies, and he apparently... And we don't know the truth behind who's deleting his past episodes. X says it's him, but we don't know. But why would he? Uh, I, I still strike, you know. So the CEO says Rogan either uh, canceled, uh, deleted the episodes, or agreed that they should be deleted. But again, why would an episode with whatever Bill Burr? Why would that be deleted? Doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't know. I don't know what the pattern is with all these because they're they are a cross section of before and after COVID types um p- political persuasion it, it, i don't i don't get it i don't understand it and no and one's now, really explained it yet and since we know this media matters person is monitoring the show in real time what's the difference they're going to catch you you know if people say offensive things you're not going to avoid the uh, controversy by uh deleting episodes but anyway um, at first I said, great deal. Do it, Joe. Tell Spotify to suck it. Go to Rumble. It'd be great. You'd get all kinds of uh, publicity, all kinds of buzz. People would be flocking to you. You could have any guest you want. You could have Alex Jones on tomorrow. You could have Dr. Malone on the next day. We haven't heard from Rogan. Obviously probably won't hear him talk about this, but I was uh, looking at it saying, that's a lot of money. A guy does, what does he do? Three or four a week? They're long. Um, yeah, I would guess something like a hundred a year to and I say, years. that is a lot of money. Jump on that 25 million a year. And then I'm reading, um, on outkick, Bobby Burrick has a column saying is not nearly enough. And I go, really? Did you know? And you probably did. You're uh, you're in that world. You're one of these stoolies. You're a stoolie. Uh, no, the, no, co- but- the, the caller daddy girl, Alex, that, that caller daddy, the one that, yep. uh, you know, she, she makes 20 million a year. Yeah, I mean, she's got one of the most popular podcasts. She's probably top five podcasts in the in the world. So, so she talks about whatever blowjobs and uh, you know that, and she makes twenty million a year. Yeah, she has other stuff too, like that Rogan wouldn't have. Like, she's probably got more apparel sales and some other oh. stuff. They're probably pretty comparable. I would, I would guess. I don't know for sure, but wow. uh, they're probably pretty comparable in terms of downloads. But if he's getting. I think his I think his podcast is worth to to uh, to whatever platform he's on somewhere between a million and a half to two million dollars per episode just based wow. on how many sponsors he has how many downloads he has or something like that so if he's doing so if he's doing a hundred shows a year it's probably more than that but a hundred shows a year then he's he's easily worth 150 million to 200 to 200 million for the platform <laughs> per year what? and so if his contract is a hundred million they're yeah they're they pay that they, they get that back the first year. This well, would be a good I, um, deal. This would absolutely be a good deal for Rumble to do this. They would. This would number one. It would put them on the map. It would get a lot more people using their platform. Tons more. They would. This would probably him just being on there would would probably five x to ten x their user base. Maybe more. I don't know. I, I all I know is personally, if he went there, I wouldn't. I'd be searching out his next podcast, listening to the whole thing, and I'd I'd, I'd be all in. It'd be on my rotation, and I'd be yeah, like, yeah. what's he gonna say? You know about Spotify, about the people. Sure who turned on him, um, is, does he regret? He will regret at some point the apology, the groveling video, two videos, one before the N-word thing came out, one afterwards. Um, he, he placated nobody. You Again, when these things happen, when these controversies uh, happen, you get to see people's true colors. Andrew Yang, former presidential candidate, yeah. former candidate for mayor, he had it tweet supporting rogan saying he's not racist he deleted it and said uh he didn't uh, let me get it he said something like i, I didn't know how hurt how i hurt people oh it's like hurt by, people by, with words? by supporting rogan a guy he'd met and he'd been on and he liked that and and you see other people the rock that snake turned on rogan uh supported him and then someone pointed out rogan used the n-word and they said oh i didn't know screw him Oh yeah! Turn, stab them in the back. You see the true colors of just snakes like 
Andrew Yang and and The Rock and it's going to you know the, the he'll remember that Rogan will so will Rogan's fans and there's a lot of them but according to Outkick Pat McAfee makes 30 million a year to do his podcast and I realize the uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers podcasts are huge yeah but I mean he's he seems you know likable and he's got a lot of energy but he's you know he's a meathead he talks whatever sports with his tank top on and a ball in his hand he makes 30 million a year and I understand a lot of that's gambling money. Sure. But is that going to start happening? Are people, <laughs> podcasters going to start making 20, 25, 30 million a year? They have enough downloads. I mean, yeah. So Rogan, the best thing that Rogan do for himself, for himself is, or he should have done in the first place was just stay independent because he was probably right. bringing in that might, he might've been bringing in I don't know, 80 to a hundred million dollars a year himself. I don't, I don't know why he, I don't know why he did he must not have been if he if he moved over has has his in maybe he's increased his listenership I don't know but the best thing he could do is be independent I'm sure he would make a lot of money Well he um yeah, he's got a pretty good deal set up now he lives in Texas I'm sure everything's set up for a beautiful studio He's beautiful, had a, yeah yeah right great support staff producers right. you know Same videographers producer yeah So th- I mean the money's obviously important but 25 versus 30 or 40 I would think he'd want to be comfortable and have people who want to be on his show. Yeah. And I mean, he could just use the opportunity to make sure to protect himself, to to make sure he's not cancelable the way he is with Spotify and I understand why he went there. He went there for a lot of money and, uh, and, and it made sense, but he's working for, he's working for a seriously woke company where employees had their feelings hurt. By a word he said, I mean, these are the same employees. Like I said, after uh, the CEO apologized to the employees because Rogan's words hurt them so badly, they went back to work uploading R. Kelly and Chris Brown and, and Bill Cosby's content onto their site. So they're all hypocrites. He didn't hurt them. Nobody was hurt by a word, no. a word that you that you hear a hundred times in, in some of the songs that are on Spotify. A word that you may hear Sunday uh, at the Super Bowl halftime show. We know the uh, NFL is very woke now. They're very concerned about social justice and racial equity. And we've heard plenty of that. And we'll get to Brian Flores. But I'm just looking at the halftime show includes Snoop Dogg, Eminem. um, And I'm looking at some, maybe Eminem. I'm reading uh, Phil's Mushnick had a column. Um. Talking about Snoop, the uh, halftime performer. They used to have like up with people. Yes. And then they had lots of old wrinkly rockers. They had the Who, they had Springsteen, Tom Petty. Well, now they have Snoop. And maybe he'll do his song called Police. His song that's where he will sing, quote, all you N-words out there, take your guns that you're using to shoot each other and start shooting these bitch-ass mother bleeping police. That'll impress a mother effing N-word like me. Um, you could do another song. The he, uh, Or is this the same well, song? Well, Eminem's is- done a thousand like F-word, uh, F-slur, um, rap. Singing I mean. about bitches and hoes and shooting police, you N-words. Yeah. So we're going to see. Uh, oh, he's got a song, Snitches. I got a slug for you. M mother effing snitches. F the police. F the police. That'd be nice. Sunday, sit back at halftime, watch you guys sing about N-words and F the police and bitches and hoes. Because, you know, the NFL is so concerned with racial uh, justice and equity, uh, which should bring us to J.A. Adande and Brian Flores. We'll get to them. Let me do Shake Concrete first, and then we'll get to uh brian flores that fraud um and j.a donde who's just you're not gonna believe what he had to say about uh china and genocide what he had to say about genocide in china but first let me tell you about shake concrete i've told you before i will tell you again this is your project you're gonna want a project for your house to improve your home this spring well check out the huge selection of precast concrete steps that Shea Concrete has to offer if you're building a new home or remodeling an old one. Shea has great values with designs for any home. 
You, uh, they got a lot of options available, including concrete, but you can customize with granite, stone, or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Shake and remove the old stairs and have you walking up your new front steps within hours. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment in your home. It's not like you're going to lose that money. That money is going to be invested in the home, and you'll love it. It'll look better and your house will be worth more. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience, and in a few hours, you'll get the brand-new front entrance that you will love. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com. Also, you can look for a job there. Shea Concrete is hiring right now. They have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets, good company, good people. You will love it. You just have to pass a drug test. I... The tech, the, the, this was an amazing development, and I find I feel like most people are not going to be honest about it because you know, it's a sensitive subject. But Brian Flores last week, because he didn't get the job at the New York Giants or the Denver Broncos, decided to file a lot to, to set himself on fire and file a lawsuit against the whole league, even though Brian Flores got hired as a head coach at 37 and made a at least 15 million dollars coaching the. Uh, Miami Dolphins, he got fired. He accused the Dolphins of tanking, which is a big deal, but he also accused the league of racism because there were sham interviews, which have always been a part of the Rooney rule, as we've talked about. That's the deal. When you adopt the rule like the Rooney rule, you get sham interviews because sometimes teams have their heart set on a new coach, and that new coach, if he happens to be white, then they have to conduct sham interviews. That's the way it's been for 19 years. I don't know why Brian Flores was so surprised, but he was a he was a head coach, even though he'd never even been a coordinator. He got fired, made a lot of money, got fired. And then he was a candidate for other head coaching jobs, but that wasn't good enough. And if you thought, oh, he's looking out for others, not just himself, well, I'm not so sure because the Houston Texans named Lovey Smith, 63-year-old African-American coach with a big, long gray beard as their new head coach. Now, I don't know how this works. Maybe they're they're tanking. Maybe they just were forced by Roger Goodell to hire an African American, and they figured they'd hire an old guy who'd failed. And they were he did get to the at- Super Bowl, though. He did bring uh, what was it, Rex Grossman? Uh, was that his yes, Rex it? Grossman to the was- Super Bowl, right? But I'm looking him. at of late because you okay. know we just look at the recent record. Sure, sure. In uh, his most recent head coaching job, University of Illinois, he went 17 and 39. Ooh. He went 10 and 33 in the Big Ten. Now, that's tough coaching at Illinois, but that's a pretty dreadful record. And I'm not sure how that earns you another head coaching job. His last head coaching job, Tampa Bay, yeah. he went 8 and 24. Mm. So, does Lovey Smith get that job if he's a 63 year old white guy who just went 17 and 39 at Illinois? I don't think so, but that's fine. They'd want more African-American representatives. That's the goal. Well, I would 100%, they, I, would, I would say it this way too, I would 100% take Flores over over Lovey. Right. Like in in a heartbeat. So you wonder then if um, now NFL teams are gun shy. Well, Flores didn't get the job uh, and um, Lovey Smith did, which pissed off Flores. His agent, I mean, his lawyers issued a statement saying that he should have got the job. He's not happy. And I'm saying, wait a second. I thought he's, was doing this for the greater good for his fellow African-American coaches. Well, one of them just got a job. He didn't, and he's pissed. So I think we get to see the true colors of Brian Flores, who, by the way, if he really thought he was a candidate, he is a delusional. I mean, he's suing. Yeah, you can't. Right, right. He's suing the whole league, which means he's suing the Houston Texans. And he's applying for their head coaching job. Yeah, and and that's why. So this this statement by Flores' attorneys is true, probably uh, most likely that uh, it's obviously the only reason why Mr. Flores was not selected was his decision to stand up against <laughs> right. racial inequality across the NFL. Well, no, duh. But but the statement makes him look really petty, like right. really so petty. That's, like that's a slight of Lovey Smith yes. when you say the only reason he didn't right. get the job. In other words, Lovey Smith couldn't have beaten him out on his merits. Now, I realize it's probably the case, but, but that's probably the but case, still. but you say it. So you're demeaning another black coach. Yes. You just got a head coaching job rather than celebrating 
you know, the advancement. And by the way, did Flores say anything about the new coach of Miami who's one of his parents is, is biracial and he counts as a minority hire, even though no one even knew he was a minority. It's kind of comical. But I got news for Brian Flores. No one's going to hire you. You made your no. choice. If your lawyers told you that you could sue the league and still be a candidate for a head coaching job, they lied to you, Brian. They lied. You got bad representation. This lawsuit you know, maybe you'll make millions and God bless you, you and your family, but you're 40 years old and you burned that bridge. Quite clearly, you burned that bridge. And I wish you could get a job just to see you go against Belichick or go against Elway because that'd be very entertaining. Even though they're not playing, they would want to destroy you because you embarrassed them. But you made your choice and maybe it was bad legal advice, but you're not getting a head coaching job anytime soon. You're suing all <laughs> 32 and, it, and it's too bad. I want to root for him because uh, uncovering this tanking the, the, the scandal my, my, is so big. Unbelievable. It's so big. Like, I want to root I, for him. But when I see shit like this, it's, like, so petty. That, that That's true. The Miami thing, if he just focused on that, everyone would be sympathetic and supportive of him. But why bring in all the, all the other 31 teams at that point? You know, because you could have sued or whatever, taken some legal action against the Dolphins and against Stephen Ross and still been a candidate in all these other places and probably getting a job. Instead, you want to make it about uh, race and uh, Lovey Smith is a black man who just got a job and you're not happy. So you look like a fraud. But speaking of frauds, we got to get to this J. Ed Dondi thing. I do have yeah. time. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, I wanted to do this yesterday, but we had too much else going on. This is a glimpse into life at ESPN. ESPN is more woke than NBC. It's right up there with MSNBC. There's, you know, people who, I, I don't want to say Republicans or conservatives need not apply. You need not apply if you're not a complete, unhinged, radical lefty. That's the kind of people who work at ESPN now. They've got rid of most of the, the old white guys, brought in, you know, young people of color. Um, there's still some old people of color around who are just complete lunatics. See J.A. Adande. He's, I guess he's on Around the Horn. I haven't watched that show in years. Yes, I didn't yeah. even know it was still on, but he's on there. And it's like having, I don't know, who's the craziest left-wing lunatic? Joy Reid. It's like having Joy Reid on to talk sports. Um, and the other day he was talking about genocide in China. Now, most of us can agree it's kind of disgraceful that the country hosting the Olympics uh, has concentration camps, has Uyghur Muslims in camps, forced abortions, forced sterilizations, using slave labor to make things for Nike and Apple. I mean, that's kind of disgusting and disgraceful, as Enos Cantor has pointed out many, many times, and some people in the media have shined a light on it, but and others have chosen to ignore it. But J.A. Adani has a different take. He thinks we have no right to criticize a country that has people. It's like he, it's like in, he, he can't see a scale from like most to least horrible. It's like he can't order things. This is a head. person who just hates his country. And by the way, not only does he work at ESPN and everyone, no problem. I mean, you could, but he's a professor at Northwestern. He's teaching, or I should say, warping young minds. He thinks we have no right to talk about China. He's, because we have voter ID laws. He's, Can we? He, yeah, he's comparing Rooney rule violations with forced sterilization and genocide. Like, the, what, what universe <laughs> is he in? This, this is an unhinged individual who is in good standing at ESPN. This is the kind of people they want. This is the kind of people they support at ESPN. But let's listen to Professor Adande on genocide in China. J.A. Adani, as a fan and then as a reporter, how do you reconcile and join this competition while also considering everything I just said? I think it's standard in sports right now. You have to have a cognitive dissonance. You need to compartmentalize. We've never had a more enjoyable NFL playoffs in this country, and we've never had more people watching the playoffs, and yet it goes on amid the ongoing allegations against Dan Snyder, owner of the Washington football team, and the, you know, the continuous concussion concerns and now the concerns about diversity and the allegations and the questions about competitive integrity even, all of that. And yet we're still enjoying the games. And 
who are we to criticize China's human rights records when we have ongoing uh, attacks by the agents of the state against unarmed citizens, and we've got assaults on the voting rights of, of our people of color in various states in this country. So sports, I think it is possible, and it's necessary more than ever to just shut everything out if you are to enjoy the actual games themselves. Now, no one, uh, I, you don't have to keep playing it, because I know nobody called them out. I mean, to me, that would be awesome if you had someone else there which they don't allow, no one else who would say, what did you just say, you friggin' lunatic? You just said, we can't criticize a country that is committing genocide because, what was it, we have agents of the state shooting unarmed people? Again, I don't want to get into that, get sidetracked on that, but do you know how many cops have died in the line of duty just this year? It's like 70-something cops have been shot and killed, and this guy's making about agents of the state shooting unarmed people. When? When's the last, you know, when, when is the last time that, when did that happen at all? I mean, George Floyd wasn't shot. What the hell is he talking about? This is a lunatic. This is an America-hating asshole who is making stuff up. And then he mentions the assault on voting rights of people of color. Yeah. That is completely he's, and absolutely made up yeah, he's out of thin air. He's There's no attack. Uh, 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 honest to God, is he talking about voter ID laws? Yes, he that is. Drives that's, me that's, nuts. that's what it is. It's, it's showing your ID at a poll versus genocide. That's what he's Which saying. is very, supported by 80% of black voters support voter ID. I just looked this up. There are 47 states, I mean, 47 countries in Europe. They all have some form of voter ID. All 47. It is standard in a democracy to check your ID as someone just pointed out, you can't go into the ESPN building in Bristol, Connecticut without showing your ID, but it's racist to go into a voting booth and show your ID. And not only is it racist, but it's comparable to genocide. God, these people are insane. This is uh, what it's like at ESPN. I don't watch it anymore. I'm sure some people still do, but how could you watch that and not be disgusted? How could any American who, who loves this country watch that asshole on ESPN and say, yeah, that's that's what I want to hear. I want to hear some college professor tell me that I have no right to criticize genocide in China. Oh, I suppose I should have done that one earlier. It's driving me crazy. But by the way, did you see the uh, latest pictures from uh, from Beijing, the Winter Games? I saw there you tweeted a, that out, yes. <laughs> Jesus. I, as I pointed out, I stayed in uh, Mirabel in uh, the French Alps for three weeks during the Olympics in Albertville. Comparable? Up in the mountains. It was the most amazing. You open the window in the morning. I skied. I, you know, just walked and hiked. And it was just an amazing, most beautiful place I've ever seen. Well, that's normally the way it is when you have these Winter Olympics, you know, in the mountains and where you need to have ski slopes. Well, Beijing, they got a different, different vistas, different views. They have a ski jumping ramp thing um, built right next to a nuke plant. I mean, right next to it. It's almost impossible to take a picture of the ski jumpers without getting those big nuke silos in the picture. (laughs) This is the most disastrous Olympics. People are getting COVID. They're complaining about the food. They're complaining about the treatment. Uh, The only thing good is that one of the uh, Chinese competitors, a figure skater who denounced her U.S. citizenship, to play for or skate for China, fell twice, both times, and finished last. (laughs) Uh, She was born in the U.S. I didn't know you had to denounce your citizenship to to skate for another country, but she's skating for communist China, you know, where they have genocide. You know what else they have, I bet? Voter ID. Oh, wait, they don't have voting, so they wouldn't have voter ID laws. But uh, her name is Beverly Zhu, 19 years old. I almost feel bad. I uh, feel bad for her. She, jumping she on her parents or whoever. Yeah, she got destroyed over social media for uh, for her for not doing a, a very good job in the competition. But so I, she, I feel bad for. her. She fell twice, finished last, and skated off in tears. The the girl, the woman who denounced her U.S. citizenship and became a representative of communist China is disgusting. But I might have to watch if there's any. There's another woman, a ski jumper, who does. Who did the same thing? Goo is the other woman's name. Goo. I'm going to have to watch Goo. She was raised in Los Angeles by her immigrant parents. 
could have skated for the U.S., chose to skate for China. Screw her. Anyway, we'll leave it there. That's about all the Olympic talk I can handle today, Carano. Okay. I went long again, but we had a lot to do today. We had a lot to do. We uh, we had to go over all these new mask rules, which is a good thing. I shouldn't be just complaining. I should be glad. Kids can breathe again everywhere except Boston. Yes. No one is allowed to breathe in Boston just yet, but we'll see what happens. Um, we're still looking for a producer. You can... T- how do we do it again? How do we reach out if you're interested? Info at thecallahanshow.com or just uh, you can DM me. Inf- info at thecallahanshow.com or DM Matt Carano if you're interested in his job. He's bailing out on me. He's going to go walk in the woods for a while and find himself. Um, but uh, we will see if we can uh, find someone to fill your shoes. Okay. We got to do that soon, by the way. <laughs> I got to. I know. Uh, we got to do that real soon. I'll, we'll be working on that today. But, okay. All right. Thanks to everybody for listening and watching and commenting. Thanks to you, Matt Carano. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will talk to you again tomorrow.